So there's so many things that tie into this because so many people follow this premise of, I want you to see me for who I am with my context, the context in which I grew up. I want you to be understanding of who I am. But then they turn around and give the simplest explanations that are generally uh, assumptions and generally just not totally understanding of who a person is. And then they say things like, you know, uh, uh, um, you're being mean. Well, what did I say that was mean? Well, it just wasn't very ni nice to say. Yeah, but that didn't mean it's mean. Just because it's not nice doesn't mean it's mean. Just because you're not showing a great deal of respect for somebody doesn't mean you're disrespecting them. And actually, I just had this conversation with my partner about respect. She believes that all people should be respected just because. And I say everybody deserves some level of respect because they're human and born. But beyond that, I think people need to earn respect. And she doesn't believe in that. She doesn't agree with that. She actually believes that people should just have respect, period. And then we started talking about what it means to respect. And the, this is kind of where me and you started here, where we were talking about the meaning or definition of respect. But I also would like to throw into that the meaning or definitions of nice, mean, polite, um, bad, good. And the reason why is because they're all super subjective. But I think at the core of it, that causes a lot of issues socially for people. Because it also means that other people are deciding for us or setting an expectation on us, I mean, that A, we don't know what that expectation is. And B, we can never meet that expectation because our version of that word, their version are two separate things. And neither one of us are talking about what it means. Yeah, and I think um, as human beings, I'm a little um, from I think as human yeah. beings that a lot of it, and you would understand this probably better than I do because, you know, this is kind of your wheelhouse. But I think evolutionarily Maybe. speaking, it there's yep. there's a reason why humans um, default to that. It's easier for our, our brains. It's easier for us to not expend so much energy trying to think about things. It's easier just to... Our, oh, yeah. our brain kind of jumps to things like it's the same reason we put things into categories and we box things in because it's easier for us to comprehend and to make sense of things if we can right. just easily put them into categories. Well, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a natural, normal human thing to do to categorize, to label, to to put things in boxes. And one of the things that, that drives me crazy yeah, it was simple. Ooh, see, that's where I was going with it is that word simplify. Uh, we've all heard the expression, the simplest explanation is usually and most often the right one. Yeah. You've ever heard my rant about <clears throat> that motherfucker? Yeah. I'm going to give it to everybody else now, too. I think I've said on the show maybe before, but I don't fucking know. I'm going to say it again. So and actually, I'm not I might not even go into super, super detail on it. But anyway, so that expression comes from a fucking monk. It comes from a fucking priest, okay? A fucking Catholic dude who lived in a monastery. Now, I don't know 100% his history in life or the books he's read, but it was many hundreds of years ago this dude said what he said, and everybody and their grandmother seems to think this is how we explain all things in the world. But quite frankly, based on the information that dude had at that given time, how in the fuck can we listen to what he had to say based on human complexity? Because dude literally gave everybody a fucking excuse to write off everybody else's context 
to a situation because there's always more to it than what variables we see in front of us, right? There's always more than what we know that could be tying into something. And, and yes, this is one of those subjects that, that irks me so much because I listen to and I hear people degrade, demean, diminish, put down so many people purely because they say, well, that person's lazy. That person's not trying hard enough. That person's an addict. That person's of this. That person's of that. And they're not taking into account the context fully of that person. I would also like to mention case in point too, like when we see on TV something happen and we immediately go, well, that dude's crazy. Like that's the simplest explanation possible, but that doesn't encompass the totality of what could be why. Yeah. But we write it off so quickly and easily. And I know that's a normal human thing to do, to try to button everything up with a nice pretty bow on it and just say, hey, that's the easy thing to do. But when dealing with human beings, it makes us far less empathetic and and far less compassionate if we're just doing the simplest explanation. Yeah, so uh, I want to delve into this a little bit more. But uh, first, I I just want to say welcome to On the Spectrum podcast. My name is Steve. And this I'm is Nick. this is Nick, and uh, if this is Sorry. your first time listening to us, we delve into a lot of topics in, uh, about autism and being on the spectrum, neurodivergency, neurodiversity, and all that fun jazz. Um, we're we're not experts in anything in particular, but we do like to share our opinions, and we do delve into uh, uh, deep thoughts about things. We think about things quite a bit, and we want to share them with you. Um, if you're listening to this and you're enjoying it, leave a comment, um, like. You can follow us on Facebook or on all the. Uh, all the platforms, uh, as well. Uh, if you, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to support us, you can subscribe to us. There is a button, uh, link, um, below our podcast on Spotify. Uh, link should also appear on other platforms as well. You can support us. We'd like to do this full time. We'd also like to give back to the community and contribute in other ways, help other people on the spectrum. Um, True. but unfortunately we can only do that with support from other people. Uh, we would like to Ooh. get out of the, uh, neurotypical capitalist world and, um, <gasps> do something a little different. You're against capitalism. I'm not against capitalism, oh. but it's not an easy place for neurodivergent people to thrive. No, nope. no, it is not. No. Oh, I was just kidding for anybody listening. I'm rather sarcastic. Uh, so as, by the way, I was about to do that. <laughs> so as far as, uh, what, what Nick's talking about, yeah. I was going to do that. I, I was thinking a lot about all or nothing or black or white thinking this week yeah. because I, I, I watched the uh, Republican debate, the primary debate. Oh, I and knew you would have. I was irritated the whole time because the whole time they're standing up there on stage. And I'm not irritated because they're Republicans. I'm irritated because it's all performative. They get up there and Ooh. they say all these grandiose things. And everything they yeah. say is like, this is bad and this is good and this is bad and this is good and this is right. good and this is bad. Right. And <clears throat> there's a lack of nuance on anything. And I understand part of it is it's the nature of what it is, right? They're on stage with like six. What was it like six people? And there yeah. was, was it six. Yeah, I think it was six people. Six seven. There's yeah. six people on stage and they only have like a minute to share as much as they can. Right. So you have one minute right. and you can only say so much in that minute. So it's much easier to take like to be hyperbolic and to do to say these big things because it's going to um, invoke more emotion in people when you say those big things rather than. If you get into the right. nuance in the gray area, that's more boring to most people. It doesn't make well, people feel what? Yeah. 
it, it takes longer that way too. It, it talking about the gray always takes longer. It doesn't make people feel any certain way. You can right. make people feel happy, sad. You can make them feel angry. You can make them cry if you invoke emotions in people with these big grandiose things by being hyperbolic. Right. So they're on stage and they're saying all this shit. And I'm like, there's truth in some of the things they said, but they're also exaggerating it. Yes. And that's what's irritating well, I, to me is all the, the to me, half the stuff they're saying is just bullshit. Well, and that's exactly what it is for the most part. But I will say, though, hyperbolic if, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely hyperbolic bullshit. Um, I will say, though, in that regard, though, that is the place in which to use that kind of black and white thinking appropriately, because you can very succinctly and very quickly get your point out there and not explain a whole lot and get Hamas is bad and good. Hamas is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but Israel's, what, Israel's good and good. <laughs> that's same thing what they're after and say it's like russia's bad russia's bad ukraine's good what, yeah but that's what catchphrases are for in movies right it's it's a it's a catchy little thing it's a quick little snippet you remember it uh for a long long time and everybody wants this big phrase it's talking about the gray the actual policy somebody would have to put into place actually taking into consideration i keep putting my hand in front of the camera and i gotta stop this shit but it's actually putting into practice something that affects a human being that you're never going to hear, you know, in a public statement because that's talking about the gray area of it. And talking All about right, the well, gray, like here, anything. Here's a good example. They were talking about. Um, they didn't talk about this very long. It came up very briefly. They talked about immigration, and uh, I think oh, it was. Um, I think During it was a Republican debate. Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he was the one I'm thinking oh, of. Yeah. What he said. So what he said was essentially. Well, we need to we need to strengthen our southern border because uh, all he talked about was booting out illegal immigrants and yes. keeping more yes. legal immigrants from coming in. But the only right. reason he gave or the only thing he talked about was because of uh, fentanyl and drugs coming over. And he was talking about all the what? Uh, he was talking about all the overdoses from all the fentanyl that comes in from Mexico. He's talking about yeah. uh I think he said it was like 70,000 people overdosed last year from fentanyl or something like that. And he's talking about all the thousands of people that die every year from fentanyl overdoses from fentanyl that comes from Mexico. And he also uh -huh. said, mentioned fentanyl coming from Canada. He said a lot of it's coming from the northern border too now. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not saying agree or disagree the way I'm just saying. But the point is, is that because you're sim you're simplifying it down to one thing. You're associating right. all of those illegal Mexican immigrants with fentanyl coming over the border, even though it's just a small amount. It's the cartels and it's a small amount of people doing that stuff. Most of the people right. who come over the border illegally are just looking for a better life for their family or a, a better, easier way to make money because our money, it's easier to make money here than it is in parts I, of Mexico, especially if you're not part of the, um, there are like, there is a middle class and there are people who have yeah. money in Mexico. But if you're part right. of the if you're poor and you're part of the lower class, it's much harder to move up in Mexico than it is here. Oh, oh, drastically, drastically. Nobody, nobody in Mexico could possibly start a podcast as easily as it is in America. Yeah, they could. I'm as long as they have an other, internet connection. Um, sure. Um, so I, I was just making a. So I was always under the impression that it's actually not as many Mexicans that are crossing the border as. People from like Central America and South American countries. Um, there's a, there's a I good mix. They were, they were coming much further. They, they were are. coming from people use the Mexican border. But the point was, is that you're simplifying it down to one particular point. And yes, right. that is a, right. one of the reasons why a lot of people want to strengthen 
security on the southern border to prevent yeah. uh, drugs mm-hmm. from coming in. But I'm just saying that sure, I don't that's know. Why. Like it's it's one speci- it's it's one small thing you're focusing in on. But the questions weren't about the drugs; it was about right. the people. And so yeah, now you're, the immigration itself, right? And so now yeah. you're just moving on to one particular thing, which is the 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 cartels and people smuggling drugs over the border are not the illegal immigrants. They're, those are just people smugglers and yeah. stuff. Yes. When you talk about illegal Im- immigrants, you're talking about people who are coming here who want to stay here. Right. Uh, and as well as like, no matter what time period you're ever talking about, there's always been somebody trying to smuggle something in or out of the United States across that southern border. So you can't say the reason why we need to do it now is because it's happening more because no, it's not. And it's so happening probably just the, the same as it always has. The black or white, all or nothing thinking. Um, yeah. I started thinking about it because of the debate and how like everything is like this or that. Yeah, and it yeah. kind of led me into this train of thought thinking about just. Um, how everyone is so, I was actually thinking about writing a, um, a blog post about this, but I haven't done it yet, but it's got me thinking about how everyone is so concerned about all Mm -hmm. of these different things going on in the world. And don't get me wrong. What's going on like in in Israel and Palestine, the conflict there and the things that are going on is, are horrible. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't directly affect any of us, at least not at this moment. And like people are so emotionally invested in these things that don't directly affect oh. them. And a lot of it is a distraction. And I have a few things to say on this one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's okay to not have an opinion or to have to voice an opinion. A lot of people open their mouth and say things when they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. And I find that extremely frustrating because like, I think as Americans in particular, yeah. we feel like we yeah. have to have an opinion on things. We have to share our opinion, even though most of the time your opinion doesn't fucking matter because most people don't even know what they're talking about. So it's like, it's okay to just say, I don't know, or not open your mouth if you don't know what you're right. talking about. But people start talking, <laughs> saying shit, and they have no clue what they're talking about. None whatsoever. And because, and people are so emotionally invested in these things, and I think part of it is like, uh-huh. people don't even uh, form their own opinion. Or let's say you're a Democrat, right? Yeah. And oh. let's say, let's say the... We were talking about immigration. Ah. Okay. Let's say, well, I was going back to like the whole Palestine-Israel conflict Ooh. that's going on right now. So let's say that you're a Democrat, and let's say most yeah. Democrats are more sympathetic towards the Palestinian cause, right? Sure. But you're a Democrat who is more pro-Israel. Uh-huh. You might not want to come out and say what you actually think because mm-hmm. you, you're too concerned about the optics in your party. And I'm not just talking about people who are members of the party, but people who identify as a Democrat or identify as Republican. If you're a Republican and you're more sympathetic to Palestine, you might not want to come out and say that because, well, you're not a real conservative. You're not a real Republican because you have to toe the party line and you have to fall in line with what your box is and people like have to support their team. And I know we talked about this in the podcast before, but I think because of all of this, we ignore all of the real things that are going on around us and you have all these people who are suffering quietly and who aren't getting attention and we're ignoring all the problems around us, uh, mental health, addiction, and all these different things that are going on. Because we're so concerned about all this shit that doesn't directly affect us. Mm. And we're investing all of this emotional and mental energy into these things that we we can't. It's not even just that it doesn't affect us because people might have family members who live in these countries who are affected by it, but it's. Sure. That it a lot of it is beyond our control, 
and we yes. ignore all of the people who are suffering around us, the homeless guy on the street, the, the, the drug addict, the people with mental health problems. And I will say, I will give credit to some of the Republicans in the debate. They, uh, there were a few of them, Chris Christie and a few other who, who actually mentioned, uh, although I don't think, I don't know if they're just bringing it up just for brownie points, but they did make sure that they were talking about like, they, uh, I think Chris Christie said that we need to spend more money and spend more time helping people with mental health addictions, uh, sorry, mental health problems and um, drug addictions. We need more addiction counselors. He said we need to spend more money on addiction counseling and actually helping people rather than just trying to spend money fighting against bringing drugs in here. Mm. So whether he actually meant that or not, I don't know. But like the fact that they mentioned that, I want to give him brownie points for that. But I, I would too, especially because it came from Chris Christie. Um, no, I, I agree with you completely. And, and you're right. We got to stop focusing or in a large part, stop focusing on these major things uh, that really don't matter a whole lot. So, kind of some of the stuff I was talking about actually ties into mental health a great deal because us being on the spectrum, some of our behaviors by some people are considered rude, are considered disrespectful, are considered mean. But we're not being any of those. And that's that's one of the things that I was trying to get at with it is people with mental differences have tendency to be automatically viewed that way. And in a lot of ways, we don't have as much. I don't necessarily want to say as much control over it as other people do, because I think the standard itself to hold people to is is kind of skewed in the wrong direction. Um, but. We're, we're basically we're basically saying to somebody, you have to fit into a box or else. And it's the or else part that kind of gets me off quite a bit, because like the more the more and more we've been doing this and the more and more I'm looking at different aspects of people like I've always been into human behavior. Right. I've always studied psych uh, in one capacity or another, but it's just it's getting to a point to me that like. So you're talking about like major political issues or major talking points in the news and stuff. But I even take it as far down to we hear people, even other autistic creators, uh, content creators uh, on different stuff, talk about how we as autistic people need to X, Y, Z. But then I hear them shitting on somebody else or they're 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 not a real one thing or another. And it just gets me thinking that like we all do this shit and we're all forgetting our fucking context a little bit. We're all forgetting we're human. We're all forgetting we're all fallible. We're all forgetting that we all have our ignorances. Like there's there's areas that we're all ignorant in. Like none you, of us. Have you ever heard of sorry. the no true Scotsman fallacy? I don't know what that means. Um, the, I can assume, but I don't know. No true Scotsman assume. fallacy is kind of what you're talking about. It's like, okay. Um, why is there a name for everything? Why can't I just talk? because it's a it's a it's a I'm just putting a, a, a like it's it's an idea or a concept yeah, that you. applies to what you're talking about. Yeah. So like it, it, the the that particular concept is more like a debate thing, kind of like a red herring or a, uh, when you bring up certain like debate um, debate concepts, you know, like if you're oh, if you're doing uh, what do they call it? Um, like a, a red herring is uh or a I'm trying to a red herring something. is like a misdirection, right? Yeah, or but there's a bunch of different a no true Scotsman fallacy is like when you're um attacking somebody 
you're trying to deflect criticisms of the argument using a generalization. So you're trying to say like, well, no real autistic person would do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Um, and actually, the the person who spurred me to kind of think about what I was talking about before about the the definition of respect and all of that and like, and then tying it into this whole like uh, uh, trueness thing. And I'm not disrespecting this person in any way, shape, or form because whatever, I'm not part of their crowd. But it's an autistic creator who brought it up, and they said that they they were basically um, talking about punk music and and people who listen to punk music and that, that culture, that atmosphere. Right. And, and it was just one specific statement in their one specific uh, sentence in their thing of like uh, no true blah or something to that effect. And I'm not insulting them in any way. I'm not downing their straight cred for being punk music or whatever. Cause I'm not part of that scene. I don't know shit about it. Um, but it, it just kind of spurred me thinking about a lot of this in conjunction with, like the questions that I sent you, uh, uh, what, what is a lack of respect, right? Um, what would be a lack of respect? Although now that I think about it, maybe I should say, uh, maybe I should word that question differently, but really like, man, I've got so many thoughts today, my good sir. I had to pause myself real quick, but it, cause I've got a lot to say about this and I'm having a hard time, like focusing myself on in one direction. Um, because it, there's a lot to this, like on one hand, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this as I'm looking at this as, um, the social expectations that are imposed on autistic and neurodivergent people. And we don't know the rule book hundred percent and, and trial and error is the only thing that really teaches us that. And at the same time though, like they're holding us to rules and words and phrases and, and to things that we don't know. And even when we do know them, we only know them in one way because we only learned them one way so far, but then we have to come across another way, then another way, then another way, then another way. And how exhausting that can be at the same time. We're also told by our own community that we're not good enough or we are good enough or we're not autistic enough, or we are autistic enough to be in the community, depending on how we're, we're doing things right. And like all of this to me is all kind of tied together in a weird amalgam. Uh, and I think it goes into what you were talking about too, uh, as far as like the political jazz and the performativeness of things, like the kind of fakeness of that, as well as I want to bring it back to that <clears throat> context thing that I was talking about before, like the context that we're forgetting the grayer, the middle ground in a lot of this. Instead, we just want to slap a name or a label on something and say something is not as good as us or is or is different than us. But it's the same thing as somebody slapping a diagnosis on us and saying, you're different. You're over there in the corner now. Like, it's the same idea to me. Like when we write somebody off as ignorant or if we write somebody off as racist or sexist or or any of the ists or isms or whatever the hell you want to say the second we slap that on them that's all they are but they're also more than that too and i and i'm not saying that we show more respect to people period at the same time maybe we fucking should but i am trying to say and thank you for letting me kind of work some of this out steve uh, as i kind of vocalize it yeah um, hitler was more than a racist he was also a painter i'm just kidding well, no, I, I'm not. 
And by no means, especially right now, do I want to say anything that sounds close to fucking defending that asshole because there's nothing to fucking say. I was, it was a joke. I was. I know. It, but it, it gets me thinking about that. Like, we write off people as one fucking thing. Like, Jeffrey Dahmer had a fucking mom. Jeffrey Dahmer loved his fucking mother. His mother was a fucking uh, a not nice person. I, mean, I thought his mother was not super involved in his life. I thought it was his dad who was <clears throat> mostly did most of, like who was more involved in his life. I don't know. I don't, uh, know. I don't know the dude's life. I actually oh, have never okay. watched a documentary about him. I'm just. Oh, OK. I was like, I, th I thought you actually no, knew. knew was, OK, never mind. No, no, I don't know shit about him. His parents uh, were no, pretty no. like not super involved in his life from what I understand when he was growing up. So like. I just know the stereotype of serial killers where <clears throat> a, a lot of them have like, or at least the stereotype is they have super controlling moms that were super uptight and religious and shit. I was just throwing that stereotype in there. I have no idea how Jeffrey Dahmer grew up. He was into uh, taxidermy as a kid, which is kind of creepy. Bravo. Good for him. Dissecting um, animals and stuff. But, but there is, so even to him, and not that I want to defend Jeffrey Dahmer, but like there's more to him than just, I killed people. There's more to him than just. Yeah. But don't I, you I don't think know, at some point when, or whatever. don't you think at some point when you've done certain things that it's hard to look past any of that into other things that that person did? Like we say, like I brought up the Hitler thing as a joke, but like, right. does anybody give a fuck about his paintings? Like, no, because no, of I mean, all the other shit that he did, all does. the horrible things that he did. Like, yeah, he wrote he wrote book too. I mean, he was an author. <laughs> yeah, wrote a book. yeah, but like nobody cares uh, about that because of the fact that he's responsible for uh, like 10 million deaths or whatever it was. So, right. No, no. <clears> and <throat> so, so I'm using, I'm, I guess I'm using extremisms of, of examples there. But we do it to the guy down the street. We do it to the, the person bagging our groceries. We do it to the barista behind the counter. We do it to the CEO of a, of a billion dollar corporation. We write people off because of simplest explanation. And we, we automatically associate traits to them without knowing anything about them. Like, yeah. not, not, not that I want to talk about my job because I really never want to talk about my job ever. Uh, well, at least right now I don't want to a lot, but so I was talking to a person at work and this person, that's your first mistake. Never, yeah. Yeah. No shit. Uh, <laughs> dealing with humans. Um, but I was talking to this person at work and they were talking about, uh, um, a human, another human being who works. I have to be very careful with what I'm saying, just in case any of the assholes listen to the show. Uh, just, just here to find out if I'm, I fucking say something that you can fucking hold against me or some shit anyway. So not a good example. Hypothetically, if somebody is shitting on a doctor, but never met that fucking doctor and starts to assign traits and behaviors to that doctor because they're a doctor, not because they've met this person, not because of anything they've done, but purely because they're a doctor. And they don't know them. Okay, well, hold on. Okay. I will say, if someone's a doctor, right? I think what you're talking yeah. about is maybe stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, Well, I mean, yeah, or essentially, like, it's adding stereotypes onto somebody. And I think that's what... Like, if you, if you, if people. in your experience, most of the doctors yeah. you've met are assholes, then you might assume that if someone's a doctor, that they're an asshole. Right, and... That's that's part of my thing is like you have not met this human being yet, right. but you automatically say they're a doctor. But, so they drive a BMW. They must be pretentious. They must be. Blah, I will blah, say blah. that you can you can you can make 
some assumptions. It doesn't mean they'll be true, but there are certain there are certain things you can kind of assume if someone's a doctor. So you can assume that they have a PhD, right? You or they went to yeah. med school. You can make those assumptions. Yeah. You can assume that they must have done decently enough in school that they were able to get to that point. You can assume right. that um like there's certain things you can kind of assume. Wait, hold on, but those but those right there are just the what you just did is good logical deduction. Right. Yeah. But you can't assign a behavior trait, an attitude, a premise, a mood. You can't um, assign it. Not necessarily, but you you that. you know that if a person is a doctor, it's mm-hmm. most most likely they do have certain traits about them. For instance, they 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 have at least a certain level of commitment to be able to finish something, right? So like not everybody's going to have that same level of commitment or be able to follow through with things, right? But you can make an you can kind of assume that if someone's a doctor that they have some level of um commitment or at least they did. They had some level of follow through or at least they didn't enough to get through med school and to get where they are. And but that's some that's kind of what I was going to say is we don't know anything about this person now. We can <clears> say at one point in their life they were passionate enough, dedicated enough, uh uh they were focused enough to get through med school. But we don't know anything after med school though. We know they worked, but we can't say if they worked a lot, a little. We can't say they did it well or not. But people have tendency to assign these traits to them. Same thing when people like when if me and you have ever said that we're autistic. And I've actually heard somebody say, actually, it was a play we did. Somebody, I told them I was autistic and the, and the person said, oh, you don't seem autistic. And that immediately made me go, huh. So that's what that feels <clears> like. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, I've never heard that before, but I'm also more open about being autistic now than I've ever been. So I've never, yeah, you feel, know, like, it feels weird to tell people. Um, I think if you, if you mask pretty well, then it's, it's awkward to tell people. Cause they're kind of like, because yeah. <clears throat> on one hand you almost feel like a, like an imposter or a faker. Like I'm not right. autistic enough. You know, uh, Professor Saul, uh, S-O-L, uh, he's got a, a video all about uh, autistic folks and imposter syndrome, by the way. Not that I want to push somebody else's TikTok videos there, but uh, uh, Professor Saul is a pretty smart guy, and he uh, has a lot of good videos. I was actually, so um, I went to a meet and greet yesterday. So oh, you already yeah. know about this, but people who don't know. Um, Switch subject. Okay. No, well, I'm bringing it up for a reason, but. Anyway, when oh, I went okay. there, it wasn't very crowded. Uh, yeah. So I was actually fine. I thought I was going to be like, I thought I was going to have to deal with a big crowd and I was a little anxious about it. But when I got there, it was mm-hmm. pretty empty. We were the only people there at the time we went. Yeah. There were a couple other people who showed up while we were there, but like there was, it was fine. I had plenty of time, plenty of space. We were able to take pictures with her, but mm-hmm. yeah, so it was fun. Well, that's cool. Well, I'm glad you were able to do that. Yeah. And I did tag a picture of her on our Instagram. If you yes. want to go check. If anybody's a uh, fan I, of the office. Uh, I actually already uh, hit heartsies on our Instagram for it. Yep. And uh, I met Kate Flannery for anyone who's interested, uh, wondering. It's a woman who played Meredith in the office. She was really down to earth, really cool, very excited, way more excited than I was. So <laughs> she was like very energetic, like, yeah, yeah. Let's go take pictures. She was all super nice. I I didn't know what to expect because when you meet like famous people, you never know if they're going to be like douchebags or if they're going to be cool, if they're going to be like, I don't want to be here, you know? Yeah. But no, she was like super like 
into it. Super cool. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's always nice when you meet like somebody who's actually personable as a celebrity rather than just like kind of a prick. So, cause my, most of the famous people I've met have been pricks. So really? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Mostly musicians I've met when I was younger. I met some of them were, were fucking pricks. So I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to say who, but yeah, no, don't say who just for an assortment of reasons. Don't say who, but also just cause me, um, yeah, so I, I am kind of worked up about this topic and all that kind of jazz. Um, and I'm sorry to jump right back to it, but my head is swimming with this stuff, my good sir. Just swimming with it. Um, because I think all those stereotypes not only hurt autistic folk, not only hurt neurodivergent people, not only hurt disabled people, not only hurt people of any community that it is, is seemed to be lesser is seen as lesser, not is lesser, but seen as lesser. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's crazy. Uh, this just hit me. I just, um, the other day, Natalie said I'm more woke than she is. And initially when she said it, I, I didn't know what to say in response. I just kind of paused and went, what? And she goes, you're more woke than I am now. And I went, how so? And I almost got offended by it. Like there was a little piece of me that's like, no, I'm not woke. I think uh, why well, I would I would guess because you don't like labels. Well, yeah, well, that's part of it. But uh, so I've been thinking about it all weekend. Right. Because I, I, I was up in Maine. I, I was I was visiting my kids up there and uh, still amazed. I was that we let you have them. What? I'm still amazed that we let you have kids, but me too. I'm wicked as, as a society. I don't know how we thought that was a good idea, but I mean, whoever dropped the ball on that vote, you screwed up somehow. Anyway, should have had you snip snip at 18. Fuck right. Dude, you should have <laughs> started earlier than that. Um, so, uh, yeah. So she called me that. And like I said, initially I had this, this almost offended reaction to it, but I've been thinking about it all fucking weekend and absolutely I have become, I, I absolutely have become more so. And I think a lot of it has to do with accepting my autism more. And I know that sounds fucking weird or, or at least it sounds weird to me, but the more that I'm accepting my autism and my place in the autism community, the more I've accepted these differences about me. I am not broken. I don't have panic attacks. I have meltdowns. I I don't, I'm not lesser than other people because I need to turn down the stereo after an hour of listening to music at half the volume in my car because my ear, it's starting to sound like it's echoing in my ears. There's nothing wrong with me. It's that I'm having a sensory issue at that moment. Um, you know, I'm, I'm accepting these pieces more about myself. And as I've always said to others, you have to be able to love yourself before you love other people. Right. That's that generic fucking, uh, what are those called? Um, what are those phrases called Steve idioms, right? It's an idiom. Um, so like a lot of those idioms I've said a lot, but I'm now with us learning way more about autism and me accepting far more about the pieces of me that I wrote off as other things. I th- I think I have become, but maybe it's, and I do understand why some people say that being wokeage is a greater level of understanding and compassion. I understand that because I'm feeling it now. I have a greater level of understanding of people's differences, but I also understand why some people call it 
an excuse. You're just giving people excuses to behave whatever way they want. And I do understand that piece too. Although I hate the word excuse now. I, I, it's now right up there. Top 10, one of my most top 10 hated words is the word excuse. Well, I mean, do you think that, I mean, there is such a thing as giving an excuse. There is. I absolutely believe there is. But I think far too often because of William Ockham, that happy priest I talked about before, I think because of him, though, far too many people write off real legitimate explanations for differences in behavior as excuses. Yeah. I think far too many people overgeneralize, stereotype, and write people off as excuses and as incapable far too quickly, far too simplistically. Um, and, and, and I always, anytime I'm talking to somebody about this, I always give the same example because it's the easiest one to get people to go. Oh no, I'd never do that. None of us would ever call somebody in a, uh, say somebody in a wheelchair is just making a mistake why they didn't win the uh, Boston marathon. We'd never say that shit. We'd never look at them dead in their eye and just be like, you slow bastard, get out of that chair. We'd never do that. And we wouldn't say it's an excuse because they're in that chair, because it's a physical disability. It's a physical difference to that human being. And we're okay with physical differences. But the second, the second we take it out of the world of reality, the second we remove it from a physical realm and make it uh, uh, a nerve problem, make it a difference in, in uh, brain structure, when, we, when it's a difference in our insulin levels, when it's a difference in how we process gluten, when it's whatever the fuck. The second somebody cannot see the physical object helping you, my glasses are, are, are an accommodation to be able to allow me to function in life because without them, I am lesser functioning in life. We immediately, when it's taken out of the physical, we immediately start calling them excuses. We immediately start saying that that person isn't trying hard enough. Opposed to saying, okay, they are trying. What else can we do? Okay. You see what I'm saying with that? Uh, I do, but I think in certain contexts, hold on. I got a small person. Hold on. I know we're recording my good sir, but you know, my rule family first, right? I'm going to still be able to hear you. I'm just pausing this to know while I'm muting this so nobody can hear that person's voice, but go ahead and talk and I'll respond. Um, so excuse me. Uh, I do think that despite people to uh, maybe being less acceptable of reasons for things. Cause I think that there's a difference between a reason or an explanation and an excuse. I think an yeah. excuse implies something, uh, implies something negative, but I do think that at the end of the day, depending on the context or who you are as a person or what your responsibilities are, it might not fucking make a difference. You might not care what the person's excuse or the person's reason is. Um, like if, if I'm doing so, if I'm if I'm doing something to hurt somebody, and mm-hmm. I have a justified reason or explanation in my in my life for doing that horrible thing, mm-hmm. or doing something that negatively impacts someone else, the person who's being affected by it might not give a fuck what my reason is for doing that thing that's still impacting them in a negative way. I understand that, and I and that kind of goes into the realm of more extreme. 
Uh, yeah, it could be something as, small. It could just be like, um, for right. instance, all right, we, we brought up this reason before we brought up this, um, this scenario before, well, let's yeah, say yeah. you have a child who's autistic uh-huh. and some people might get mad at me for bringing up this particular example, but I'm going to do it anyway. Go for it. Cause that's how we're working through all this. Go so for let's it. say I have somebody who's a child who's autistic and they happen to be a very loud autistic child. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's say I'm trying to think of a, of a, the location doesn't matter. It could be, let's say we're, let's say we're, um, Ooh, we're, are we're, in a, like we're in, out in public could be in public or it could even be yeah. like, let's say we're at work. Let's say it's bring your child to work day or oh, maybe yeah, it's right. not bring your child to work day. Maybe, um, a better scenario to make it more charitable for the person. Let's say you brought your kid to work because uh, something happened at home. The kid couldn't be at home. They had to come to work with you because you had no other yeah. place to leave them. Let's say you couldn't find a sitter. You have no other, no other adult who can watch the child, whatever. Uh-huh. So you had to bring them to work with you and they're being loud and uh, disrupting other people while they're working. Yeah. Is it wrong for those other people to not give a fuck about the fact that your child's autistic? It's still impacting them in a negative way. Or you could go to the public, the public scenario, but I think the public scenario would say, well, just leave or you don't have to be there. But I mean, still, if I am uh, on a date with somebody and I'm sitting next to your table and your child being loud at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck that your child's autistic if they're being loud and disrupting me. It's still a reason. so how come your your you being on a date is more important than that family having dinner together out? It's how not more important. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's more important than what that parent. Hold on, cares hold, about. hold on. Okay. Well, that, it's not more important, but it's more important to me because I don't give a fuck about your family. I care about me and the person I'm on a date with. Why should I care absolutely. about your family? But that's so that's part of the issue right there is because you're getting pissed off, not because actually because my kid is being loud at all, because my kid being loud ain't hurting you at all. You're getting upset because your expectation of how people should behave in public. Well, maybe your expectation of how your night was going to go. That's actually what's pissing you off in that. Uh, scenario. I guess I guess sort of be loud, but I think you can simplify it. I think so that really you're going to simplify that. I think you went over this? I think it's more basic than that. I think I think okay. what you're saying is not necessarily wrong, but I think you can. I think it's even more basic than that. I think on a basic level, it's just like okay. you could say me. Um, I have some level of audio sensory issues. I'm not as bad as yeah. you, but yeah, true. I have a problem. I don't have a problem with like loud music. I don't have a problem right. with certain loud things, but I have a problem with people being loud. For some yes, reason, for some Voices. reason, Voices. that's different to me yeah. than like listening to music or um, even maybe a movie like a loud movie doesn't bother me much. But like a person being loud, especially in a small area, does bother me. So if oh, I am. Yeah. yeah, somebody's voice bothers. If, the shit I'm, if I'm me and I'm on a date. Yeah. With somebody and the table next to me has an autistic child it's being really loud. I'm not going to be rude to that person, but it's still going to bother me. And even if I know the kid's autistic, it doesn't change the fact that it's still causing me stress and anxiety so i'm saying even somebody who's not autistic they could still be bothered by the person being loud sure and so like i think even on a even if you're saying well people have certain level of like expectations of people's behavior in public maybe maybe you're right but i think even even in a more basic level than that it just like it just is bothering to me that the person's being loud because it's it's i can't hear the conversation i'm having with the person 
maybe it's hurting me because of they're being loud and it's actually hurting and, me. And I, understand. and I and I get that. And in that case, both people have to be a a little bit of compassionate for one another. Like if I was out with a certain human being that you know, my my uh, and I'm, I've mentioned it before. One of my kids is on the spectrum and is a level two. Yeah. And if me and that person are out in public, a most people are going to look at me as just a shitty parent, regardless of the context, which no, let's not do that. Uh, because nobody actually knows if I am or not. I mean, my daughter's just going to be loud no matter what, like she's just going to get uppity. Uh, well, maybe I'm using that phrase in the wrong way, but why can't in that situation, why can't, because you're actually the one who's bothered. Why can't you just ask to move to another table? Why do you, and I'm not saying you personally would, well, I think it depends on the scenario. Ask the manager, <clears throat> tell them to shut the fuck up why don't you I just don't, ask to have a different table i don't it depends on the situation so like i think in some scenarios it would be appropriate for the person to ask for another table i think because it you be hold on, upset hold on. By it. okay <clears throat> sorry sorry i think it depends on the situation so for instance yeah i think in some scenarios it might be appropriate to ask for another table for the person who's being bothered by it in other uh -huh. scenarios it might be more appropriate for the other family to move it depends so for instance um if you're in a restaurant that happens to mm -hmm. not have a lot of, uh, let's say I'm at a table for two people and it may, there's an, another table open, but it's a table that fits like six people. It might make more sense to, instead of moving the couple to that six person table, to just move the family to that. No, table. No. Um, I, I agree because <clears throat> the parent should also be amenable to this too, by the way. I think both people need to be a little bit adaptable to this. But unfortunately, right. one of the two human beings in that scenario is going to get egotistical about some shit and get a little indignant and just be like, why should I have to fucking move? I sat down first. Well, fuck off. You don't like the sound fucking move, right? Well, it's also we talked before about like drawing a line somewhere, right? So like, for instance, we talked about like I think if we were talking about making accommodations we, at work when we were talking no, no, about no. talking about drawing a line between yeah, yeah. like what's considered acceptable and what's considered unacceptable. And it's not sure. an easy place to draw a line because let's say you have a child who is on a similar level and they come up and mm -hmm. they're very handsy, very touchy. There's a limit to how much as a, as a person who's either a friend, family member, or even a stranger, how much I'm going to accept that kid touching me, even knowing that they're autistic. At some point I might need that person to stop. Or I think we both agreed before, like if the person's violent, we don't expect yeah. people to be acceptable, even though like there's a reason for that person hitting you, but it doesn't mean that I have to be okay with it. Hold on. I think, I think everybody who who's hearing us and us too, I think first and foremost, our line is harm, right? Like, right. Harm. But, but there's, there's a great, there's a gray area. I mean, there's a gray area in between. Like if the person just keeps touching you, um, depending on, like right. if a, if a kid who's autistic just comes up and they give me a hug or they're like putting their hand on my arm or my leg or something. Okay. But like at some huh? point you might not be comfortable if they continue to touch yeah, yeah. you. Well, but that's also where it's up to you to communicate that to the human being who can help that person back the fuck off. Right. Yeah. But like, let, let's talk about this line drawn. Like you've been in public with my daughter you know she can get a little loud because, well, that's just what happens, right? She gets a little rambunctious. She gets a little passionate. She gets a little... I've just learned to tune tune it out. If it starts to bother me, I just right. tune it out. And so, but here's the thing about it. Everybody else in a restaurant, 
okay, who is hearing the volume of her, okay, or even some of the things that she says out of context, some of these people don't understand and they think it's fucking weird, whatever. She's not hurting anybody but doing any of that. She's not ruining anybody's fucking dinner. They're at a chain restaurant for one. Your dinner was ruined the second yeah. you couldn't afford good food. Well, I think at the same time, you but, probably wouldn't bring her out like you wouldn't bring her out to like a fancy, like high end restaurant. Probably. No, fuck not. Well, I would because I don't give a fuck about ruining other people's meals. Also, also, she's not hurting anybody. Like, again, it she's not hurting anybody. Like her being loud does not stop food from going into your fucking mouth hole. It doesn't stop you from talking to your partner across the way from you. It doesn't stop you from proposing, but it does ruin your expectation of what you hoped for in that night. Now, I, I want. Well, I said I, I did try to throw some nuance in there and say that it could, like, if I happen to be the table right next to you and I can't even communicate with the person next to me because the person that you're with is being so loud that I can't even have a conversation with the person I'm with. And and again, like I said, both people got to be adaptable and malleable in that. And, and if the table is large enough to accommodate the family, the family moves. If it's, if, if you say, uh, Hey, like I understand that you're the couple, move the couple, I understand that your little one wants to be as loud and that's how she is. But like, I'm at the same time, I can't hear my, my partner right now. We we're trying to okay. have a conversation. We can't hear each other. Right, but that's where the manager needs to move one of the two of them, right? But what if he can't move? What if there is no table to move either one of you to? Again, you're in public. You either deal with it or you leave. I mean, at that point. Right, and, and that would be up to you to decide at that point, right? If you yeah. were the person being affected by now, it. No, if it was me and I was having sensory issues and the person yeah. was being so loud that it was bothering me at that point, I'd probably just uh -huh. leave. Because at that yeah, point, yeah. what am I going to do? I can't move anywhere. I'll just, I'll just go eat somewhere else because I can't deal with the the person being too loud. Right. Um, and but even, we, even your, your daughter, I'm used to her, but sometimes right. it's when it's quiet or she's quiet. Then all of a sudden she just loud out of nowhere. That's usually when it oh, bothers yeah. me. It's like oh. she just all of a sudden oh. loud. If she's loud, but it's constant, it doesn't bother yeah. me, but it's when she just loud out of nowhere. And I'm like, because <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, the yeah. shock of it. I'm like, yeah, when I, when I get woken up at two o'clock in the morning, cause somebody's hitting a fucking high ass note out of key, like fucking holy shit. That's when it's, um, it's jarring is I think the word yeah. it's jarring. Yeah. So like yeah. for me, that's when it kind of like, Ugh. But. so it, because I often see people give those judgmentally faces to other families and other kids. And I, and I see all the bull, especially older folk do it, but some younger folk do it too. When they don't have a lot of experience with kids. And I really believe like, if somebody's doing something in public that ain't hurting nobody. All right. Fucking let them. I like, have another scenario for you, alone. but this scenario yeah, is a little, is also personal. <clears throat> it involves the same person, but it's oh, on the flip right. side. It's on the flip side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this person, this, your, your, your daughter who is loud. Yeah. She yeah. also doesn't like when people sing. That is a true statement. So if you're out in public or you're at a uh -huh. restaurant, whatever, and someone's singing, uh-huh. How would you handle it if she started yelling for the person to stop singing? How we handle it is we take her out of the room. We walk her outside until the singing stops. Okay. Yeah. I was curious because I was just saying, because in that instance, she's the one who's being bothered by other people's which is, behavior, which is why we bring her outside. So it's the opposite, you know? Yes. So that's the other thing too, is people <clears throat> need to take responsibility of their own sensory issues. And they need to not say things like the room of 30 needs to 
change this because I'm having sensory issues. I actually heard, no, rephrase. I read on our face on one of uh, our news feed on the Facebook page there. Somebody was talking about some event or some shit they went to and people were so rude to them because they were having sensory issues and nobody wanted to care. Well, it's like if you have sensory issues, you probably wouldn't go to a rave and then expect everybody to be quiet or not have flashing lights. I mean, but that's like an extremist kind of kind of example, which, by the way, I agree with you. Like, don't fucking go to those if you fucking have sensory issues. But this person was like complaining that nobody gave a shit that 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 uh, this person was having sensory issues at whatever the event was. I don't even remember what the event was. But they were they were talking about how mean people were and how rude people were because she was just trying to explain to everybody she was having a tough time. And I'm thinking, then why in the fuck did you stay? Get the fuck out of there. You said like uh, in the in the story, the person even specified that they eventually had to leave and they did. So, like, why in the fuck would you put up with half of what you're complaining about? If I think it also really- that also depends on the context. Like you said before, you, you want to talk yeah. about the gray, right? You yeah, don't want to be do. black or I- white. So I don't think that you should always necessarily have to avoid situations. It depends on the situation. Um, like there are going to be certain situations where you have to be subjected to sensory things that are going to bother you. Um, right. Like maybe you go to a doctor's office and the doctor's office is crowded. Maybe there's a lot of noise. Maybe you go to a hospital and you have similar problems with certain things at the hospital. I'm not saying that everybody there should have to cater to you, but the right. people there, if you, you mention it, they might. Though. But the you person, need to take responsibility to a degree. The people there, you, yeah. like you might want to, like if you go to a, if you go to a doctor's office, especially if it's like mm-hmm. your PCP, and you mm-hmm. go there and, mm-hmm. and they know that you have that you're autistic and they know you have sensory issues, yeah. they might. Hey, you know, just just to let you guys know, uh, they don't have to point like single you out, but they can say somebody's here who has sensory issues. If we could try to keep the volume down a little bit, that'd be great or something like that. Right. Well, I mean, sure. But in that scenario, there should be more of an accommodation made. Or it's I guess just, you wear headphones or something. I don't know. But still. Right. Right. Um, and, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the autistic person is the one who always has to put in the effort to make accommodation for themselves but we do need to make accommodation for ourselves we do need to recognize that it's our sensory issue it's not because there's you know lights and 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 there's lights and sound and and people at the casino it's not their fault we're overloaded sensory wise it's right, not what about people who um it's it's just a thing happening that that's what i wanted to say right what about there. people who uh, we don't have to blame we don't have to assign blame to it we can just say it's happening and we need to lot, do something a lot of autistic it. people don't like fireworks so what about like in yeah. um you know june july and august when everybody's lighting off firecrackers in the fucking street because they think they're cool uh like uh, what do you do about that i mean i guess you can wear you could wear headphones but like would it be yep. unreasonable for somebody to try to get people to stop lighting off fireworks in the neighborhood Which they're probably not supposed to do anyway, because usually it's illegal. But well, I was just about to say it depends on where you live, depends on your town, state, city ordinances. But if you live in an area, hypothetically, if you live in a city, a state, a town, a, a municipality that allows fireworks, right? And if you have a fucking sensory issue with fireworks, the simple explanation, which I fucking hate, but the simple explanation is move. The longer term explanation is then you need to figure out how to make that work for you. 
Um, you cannot you cannot force an entire fucking town to adjust their shit for you. You can't expect an entire neighborhood to adjust its shit for you. Um, well, I have seen uh, there are like you've been to neighborhoods where they have signs letting you know that there's an autistic person nearby. But if there's no if there's no municipal, there's no uh, uh, state town ordinance, there's no law uh, against doing fireworks. People are going to do it whether you put up a sign that says, please, no fireworks uh, after nine o'clock. You know what I mean? Like autistic kid on the street like people don't give it like. I lived in a neighborhood where there was a sign that said deaf child, right? You, you've seen those signs, the yellow sign that said there's a deaf kid in the neighborhood. Yeah. People still sped down that damn road. Like the whole point of the sign is to tell you to go slower because there's a kid who ain't going to hear you coming. Still, people still sped down that fucking road because they don't give a fuck because they immediately say it's somebody else's fucking problem. They immediately say it's somebody else's responsibility to take care of that person. And it is ultimately somebody else's responsibility, but we also need to know where our responsibility lies. I would say that applies to when we as level one autistics are having sensory issues. I think that applies to the caregivers of a level two or three. I think that applies to all human beings. We need to know where our responsibility is and we need to know where other people's are. And we need to know when where we actually have a level of responsibility around somebody else. My God, she's right. I'm turning woke. Okay. Sorry. Um, do you, do you feel more white guilt? I weirdly <laughs> enough, that's not one of the, one of the things that I'm feeling more of <laughs> that, that, that is not one of the ones that I'm feeling more of. I probably, no, I'm not even going to say I probably should. I'm not even going to go with that. Anyway, I and I know I've been rather preachy in this episode, Steve, um, but it is something I give a shit about a great, great deal because far too often I hear people <clears throat> say it's somebody else to blame. It's somebody to blame it. Somebody's got an excuse, this excuse, that excuse. It's somebody else's fault. Why do I have to put up with somebody else's problems? How come I have to pay more in taxes for blah, blah, blah? Not that you're not in a fucking society, asshole. Um, but there's, there's so many people saying, writing off one thing or another, blaming somebody else, blaming something this, how about there's no fucking blame and we just got some shit to take care of and let's work around each other, not work around as in ignore each other, but like, why don't we make things amicable for everybody? And God, that sounds so wrong. But I really do honestly have gotten to that point because like, I Kumbaya, even hear, my Lord, yeah. Kumbaya. <laughs> We're so super close to being done with this episode, too. But I I hear people bitch about social programs. And, like, I used to be completely adamantly against a UBI, okay? Which I guess there's a new fucking name for UBIs, uh, a universal basic income. There, there's apparently a new name for it now, but, like, I don't know. Anyway, but, like, some I've heard people who are adamantly against the idea of it, but, like, Every time I look into it, every time I look at both sides of that argument, I, pro and con of it, like more and more, I'm like, God damn! I think so it would make sense if you get rid of it. If you you if you were to put something like that in place, I would reduce other social programs and replace it with the UBI. So like that's exactly what you would do, though. That's like exactly replace like instead do. of Social Security, you just have UBI, or like right. instead of um, 
well, no, like what certain welfare, yeah, like get rid of certain welfare programs. Like maybe no, you, maybe all of them. All of them. You might gone. be you might be able to keep some of them, but I would say like you were to replace most of them. In well, my you opinion. wouldn't need to keep any of them though. If we had an appropriate UBI, Steve, like nobody would need. I think any. we should. I think we should get a UB forty. <laughs> you know, after this episode, I might just need a forty. Um, no, uh, so we. I know we're rounding down and stuff. UB forty so is the red red wine group, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. The, the, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have so much more to say about about all of this. We'll probably touch base on it in other episodes as well. And I know we're running short on time, sir. I've got to go feed a kid. You've probably got to go feed yourself. Um, I would, thank I would you for allowing today. me soapboxing time. But um, are are we getting close to time, my good sir? Uh, I can't see the time from here. To be honest with you. All right. No, I know we're more than an hour. So, all right. A little, um, little over an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So because we got to round that wind down a little bit, everybody. Um, let me let me just sum up with um when you're out and about, don't make assumptions about other people. Like try to think about their context. If not, talk to them and find out their context because it's usually not the simplest explanation, it's usually the right one. I, I swear to God, if I could time travel, I would punch William in the goddamn face for coming up with that fucking statement because it's not usually the simplest explanation is usually and most often the right one. It is not at all, especially when it comes to human beings. There's so much more to a human being to consider than just whatever bullshit we want to assume. So be kinder to another human being. God, I'm fucking woke today. Sorry. Nice. Blowing my mind how fucking bleeding my heart is right now. So anyway, as always, if you like, dislike, agree or disagree with anything you hear, heard on the episode today, please give us some feedback, write it down, put it on a post in some social media site, even tell us on the Google episode that you're not Google Spotify episode. You're listening right now. Uh, if you could, that'd be much appreciated. Look, keep uh, keep, Steve, uh, keep an eye on it too. Uh, we we may be launching a Patreon soon, so if you want to support us in Ooh, some other way, uh, yeah, we yeah, appreciate yeah. it. If you want to buy us a cup of coffee, if you want to buy me new underwear because I have holes in mine, um, subscribe. Ooh. Yeah, Nick needs to shave. I don't know if you can tell, uh, but please help us out if you can. Also, give us some feedback. We'd like to know, Steve. I do want to compliment you on your opener today because I was about to do it, but you got to it first. Good. So I was going to do it about five minutes probably. beforehand, but you wouldn't shut up. So, <laughs> so. I ramble. I ramble. Ask I was waiting mother. for a moment for you to actually take a breath, you know, for you to breathe for a second. So I could <laughs> start, you know, I, I told you once upon a time, I write how I talk, right? And I'm yeah. really shitty with punctuation for a reason because I don't fucking Cause stop because you don't actually like use punctuation when you speak. You're just like one giant run on sentence. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's just one run. So I went to the store and I got a glass of water and <laughs> the glass of water tasted great. And I had a hot dog with it and the hot dog was great, too. And <laughs> just keep going yes. like, Nick, where's the fucking period? <laughs> But anyway, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will talk to you soon enough. Bye. Bye.